What's up? Peace and love. My name is Shingo Tu. I'm an artist slash activist. My basic education is electrical engineering and computer science from Cal Berkeley. I'm just a civilian independent researcher. And here's my friend. Hi, my name is Simon Kamei. I practice, um, you know, oriental medicine and holistic. I take care of many patients by uh, taking care of their natural immunity. And your trade is in acupuncture as well. Yes, doctor, doctor of acupuncture, yes. So, Shimon, we've had a lot of great responses from our last video from people all around the world and friends and family. And what have you heard from your colleagues? Well, uh, first of all, they, I think they got a lot of positive, positive good things to say about it. So, you know, they were pretty much encouraged with uh, right. with many things, it's it's pretty good. I I, I thought it's really great. Yeah. yeah, because all we're doing is actually throwing out concepts out there and for people to visualize maybe a different way to look at something. Wouldn't you say? I would say so. Yeah, and then a lot of people who want to doubt, you know, like our particular narrative, I definitely encourage you to understand that you know it's it's my intention to uh, reveal to you what's been helpful to me to understand and conceptualize the scope of what's going on. And then, especially my, like my friend, he's coming from decades of clinical experience that has actually helped real patients in real lives and also the teachings of your teachers and masters as well. Right. That's a wealth of knowledge right there. <laughs> I would say, I would yeah, say right? so. It's just right. a different paradigm. Right. Can you touch on a little bit about that, what what this holistic med medicine is all about for people who think that it's not scientific? Well, I think it's, uh, it's, it's really the way you see it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of things are not measurable mm -hmm. in terms of scientific, um, I guess, ways of measuring things yeah, yeah. using the it's scientific like you can't device. Quantify everything. Right, you can't really quantify it. But the result is significant. Um, people get better. And it's not it's not about you know suppressing symptoms. Obviously, mm -hmm. it's about taking care of your core health in terms of getting the full mm -hmm. function back, um, rather than pointing out a few you know isolated patterns of condition and try right, to suppress right. e on each one. Yeah, we, we're actually here to take care of the whole um, ground up situation. So when you're able to do that right, you're gonna have mm -hmm. way you know really noticeable results. Yeah, but you yeah. actually clinically look at blood quality. Oh, yeah, yeah, that you, kind of stuff, yeah. yes, yes. You actually yes. use a lot of technology to right. look at what is happening on that molecular level, right? Right. And the one thing I uh, learned recently was that it takes only under a minute for your blood to get pumped out from your heart back to, back to uh, where it started. So that's pretty amazing. Oh, yeah. Right? Right, the blood, blood gets pumped through, yeah. like the distance of the you know, earth yeah, to go I around mean, one and a half times. thousands so of gallons per day circulate your body. Yeah, and then all the added, um, you know, blood vessels and capillaries, it actually wraps around the earth from one human being. Right, the um, uh, invisible yeah. uh, capillaries, the ones you cannot mm -hmm. see is um, consists of maybe 99% of your yeah. veins. Wow. And uh, arteries, tiny capillaries yeah. are that. So, so many things are going on inside of your blood right. from... Uh, you know, delivering these energies and nutrients to the, each individual cell, right? And right. then when it makes a U-turn and then in between the arteries and the veins and a lot of 
things that are breaking down in that space. Yeah? Right. You want to talk about that? Really? Well, yeah. Well, so, you know, at, at, at that level, capillary level, yeah. there's many things yeah. that you can't, you can't still see. Right. You know, people mm -hmm. think that you're actually, right. you know, we have developed the, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the great, you know, resolution. Method. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Great resolution microscope to, mm -hmm. to see the endings of the capillary. Right. But a lot of times you can't, you mm -hmm. can't grasp on what's exactly, mm -hmm. how is it, how is it mm -hmm. going? You know, there's no actual loop. Right. Uh, for some places in the body, yes, you can see right. it, but you can't see the whole thing. Right. Because so a lot, is, a lot of mysteries yeah. still. Yeah, 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 because it is trillions of cells simultaneous cleansing and rejuvenating and regenerating that keeps us alive, essentially. That's right? exactly right. Yeah. So, yeah. In, in, in that spirit, you know, I want to kind of move on to uh, basically share what I learned. So... You know what I mean? Like last few few weeks, I really kind of, you know, after putting out the very general uh, infographs, I kind of went back to all of the studies to test my theory, so to speak, yes. even even conceptually. And then, I'll, you know, a lot of actual data really started jumping out at me because I started to learn um, how to read the graphs, first of all, you know, because uh, truth be told, a lot of these graphs have like log-based tens and uh, exponentials that, that aren't like very intuitive to the normal person, you know, because what appears to be very closely related might be like 100 times, 1,000 times uh, difference in actual numbers. So here's like, I wanted to kind of create like a general curve graph of what happens to a person when they get infected with the virus. Okay. And mind you, um, of course, this is related to the current coronavirus uh, pandemic that's happening, but at the same time, um, this goes for anything. It goes for uh, bacterial infections or even the influenza or a common cold. But I really wanted to break it down from that level. Yeah. Okay. So where do we start? Let's just draw a line. So this is a timeline, yeah? And let's just say that a certain amount of virus enters your body, and that could be, you know, they, they usually measure like how many viruses per milliliter. So let's just say X per milliliter, right? So you get infected here. Let's just say this is zero, you know? And then what we've actually learned from many of these studies is that, so this is kind of key because it's almost the reason why we're in such a panic in that a lot of people can carry viruses without exhibiting symptoms. Or you can be, be pre-symptomatic. You can carry the virus for up to a week before you show any symptoms. Therefore, that's why we're very you know, leery of just running into strangers or even friends and family, right? Right. right. So, but in nature... What is happening, and through collected data of actual uh, patients of the coronavirus, COVID-19, this year, right, from all of these studies around the Europe, we're starting to see, right, that people have increased, you know, so let's just say this is the viral um, production curve, right? So this is... the onset of symptoms, 
right? So this is very relative. It just says onset of symptoms. Some people can have like something really mild or nothing at all, right? But the, the big issue is that people can actually have a lot of viruses up to a million per milliliter even if you don't get sick, you know? So that's like a significant amount, you know? Which is a million per milliliter of sample taken right. from your throat. So is this referring to the viral load? Yes. Okay. So the viral load basically increases and eventually decreases because, you know, eventually it becomes, quote, inactivated for people who show no symptoms, right? So based on your infectious curve, this is day zero. Right. Right? But based on most uh, medical purposes, they think the onset of symptom is basically day zero. Mm -hmm. And this is like T minus, you know, minus seven, minus five, you know. You know, they look at this as um, incubation. Mm -hmm. But incubation of the symptom. Right. And truth be told, the virus is, you know, it might, it might follow different curves and whatnot, but truth be told, your body is still producing significant amounts of the virus even if you don't get, quote, sick, as in if you don't show any symptoms. So this is, this is supported by studies, and this is the exact reason why people are worried. Right. At the same time, you know, I do kind of want to ponder, you know, openly that isn't this what happens to any kind of virus? I would think so. I guess external or internal. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so as a response to it, even if it started here, mm -hmm. it is your body that ends up producing uh, millions, if not trillions, of viruses to get up to reach this viral load, isn't it? That's correct. Yeah. Because once it quote, infects your cells, it's your cells that become the uh, virus factory machine, and then you also have all of these mechanisms that try to monitor the growth of the virus. That's right. Right? This can happen to anybody at any given time, not just this year, you know, a year before that, right. and decades before that. This is what is only natural, right? So, but while the virus is rising, right, you always have... Kind of like a, you know, like a slow curve of, of your um, antibody production. You know, you have you have different types of antibodies, IgGs and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But the important thing is these are very specific to the particular virus, right? Very specific. You know, very reacting. All this stuff can happen without you ever even realizing, right? But somehow, if the body decides to cleanse itself, and I think that can, that could, there could be markers inside your blood, or it could be you know, any, any other uh, relevant signals that your body has been accumulating in terms of toxins, right? And then your body might decide, or chemically, automatically triggers a fever, right? Some people cannot have a symptom or some people can have a symptom. You know, so it's, it's going to be kind of like that. Right. Right? So, symptom curve. Right? But if you look at this curve, 
at least it's kind of important to know that these are staggered timing, right? right? First, you get the viral production, and then your body will create the antibodies. And then while that is happening, you know, may- maybe the symptoms are kind of like that. You know, it's not, ex- it's never exactly like switch on and off. These right. are chemical molecular reactions that happen. Mm-hmm. But, you know, eventually, if the body decides there's enough signals to trigger a symptom, then it's just going to do it. Is it not? Yes. Right? You know, during the creation of the antibodies, there are plenty of, you know, immune responses that react to the virus, right? And then, you know, a lot of white blood cells, interleukins, mm-hmm. they're, they're called cytokines, but they're also called pyrogens, you know? And why are they called pyrogens? Because this will, like, um, by by way by way of your brain, you know, by way of your hypothalamus, right? The enough interleukins get produced as a result of your immune system reacting to the virus. It goes up to your hypothalamus, right? And then the hypothalamus is basically your thermostat for your um, body. So it's this is when. Um, it's going to let the body know mm-hmm. that you need to create mm-hmm. a fever, you know, based on, I'm sure, a lot of different other chemical conditions, yeah, as I, I mean, said. Yeah, as for one of it, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And then you told me before that the actual heat generation comes in waves. Is that true? Right. Well, if it peaks out, you, right. can't, you can't keep peaking out. Right. So it'll come down right. and it'll peak again. Right. So that's sort of uh, how we stay alive. Yeah. So, of course, so in other words, it's kind of important that the chemical balances stay normal and healthy and regulated. Because any one of these things go wrong, then you can have like an unregulated fever. Mm -hmm. And then all these interleukins also go around to your entire body, right? Because you want to cleanse the whole thing or... It's only natural that the blood is going to carry it everywhere. And then you get these muscle aches and inflammation, and then it's really fatigue for you. <laughs> right, right, right. I get tired right, talking right, about it. Right. But it's also nature's way of telling you, just like slow down, right? You need to cleanse the body, and then you'll get better. That's right. Right? Okay, so another important thing is, you know, as a result of you having the symptom, and as a result of you creating the antibody that is specific to the virus, uh-huh. right? So you have this in your blood now, yes, and your body yes. knows how to produce that. Yes. Right? So what happens here? Let's go back to here, right? There's always a question, chemically speaking, that the body does, you know? Right. So... It's going to ask, you know, do I know this virus? You know, yes or no. And if it doesn't, obviously the virus is going to take the opportunity. It's going to be opportunistic for it to proliferate in your body, right? Right. Therefore, it triggers this curve. Right. And again, mind you, this can happen without you ever knowing, right? And then as a result... As a result of this, right, you taking up to weeks to develop, 
right? Because it all comes later. It, it takes some time for you to develop an antibody. Then it's going to eventually circle back to here. Do I know this virus? Yes, I know this virus because right. I have an antibody specific mm -hmm. to this mm -hmm. virus. Mm -hmm. So therefore, it's, this is probably not going to happen. It may be a little yeah, bit different. In, yeah, in later months. And exactly. So, and eventually, you know, if, if, uh, if, the, if the virus mutates enough, it's still going to go to no. Or it might go to yes. So, that's the question mark that we have. So, that is just a general curve again for any virus but it's also relevant in terms of coronavirus right now because we're always caught up in the testing right is it not that's very important All right right and also another aspect of the study that came out especially from italy is that a lot of people have said you know you can test the presence of the virus but the virus itself is not infectious so and i'll talk about that in a minute but so in a way, while the virus's infectivity goes down, you're still going to have plenty of virus present in your body where you're still going to test positive, but you're not necessarily infectious. So you're kind of creating a lot of blind spots right. in the test. Right. And uh, yeah, so my personal opinion is that if the test is not combined with a clinical diagnosis, you know, that is specific to the disease, like the, a test is a good marker because technically, right, even though it's susceptible to a lot of issues, technically it's supposed to identify exactly what the virus is present in your body. Therefore, you have a good idea, right? But if it's not showing any symptoms, then, you know, it's a cause for concern, obviously. But again, this is part of your natural immune cycle. That's right. Right? It's very important, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so in terms of this pandemic that's going on right now, because of this increased activity in your immune system, it's triggering a secondary infection, uh -huh. a secondary inflammation, you know, or some kind of an allergic thing. And, and there are many, many theories out there, you know, as far as what is exactly happening to the uh, molecular, on a oh, molecular yeah. level, okay. as far as creating a lot of um, reactive oxygen species, right? And once it enters the bloodstream, it's kind of anyone's guess what could happen, what could trigger next after that, right? right. So, you know, we're not going to get into super detail on that, but we are hearing a lot about people having secondary problems, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. That's, that's, yeah that's all the time. It's very obvious, yes. It's right. becoming obvious, yes. Right. So, so, in essence, you know, all these unfortunate critical patients... Uh, that's actually the central focus of the toll that is taken upon the population. And of course, you know, shout out to everyone who's helping in that battle, you know, respect to all the workers out there and or trying to get to the bottom of it, you know. But this is really essentially, you know, what is happening um, in terms of the front lines, is it not? Right, because by and large, ninety percent of people, no matter how steep this curve is, no symptom, some symptom, mild symptom, severe pneumonia, but not necessarily getting, you know, into the ER, right, right? or ICU. Right. My, I'm ICU, sorry, yeah. but honestly, the question really should be here: what is taking place? Mm -hmm. You know, but a lot of times, I think the media 
in our education gets caught up on, you know, here or here, what is happening, why are we asymptomatic. But up until here, this part is like normal. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't know if people are willing to accept that, but regardless of what the virus is, this part is just a normal reaction of the body right. reacting to a viral species. Exactly. You know? And, and also that is a result of us living in a world full of bacteria and virus. And it's already a known fact that there's more viruses than any other living organism in this entire world. So we're living in a world of viruses. Right. Right? And then there's, again, you know, based on our last presentation, we have talked about what is a virus. And we kind of deduced that because it's, it's not self-replicating, it's not self-aware, most likely, that we called it a message. That's a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, in, in, in this everyday situation, in this everyday realm, what is it doing? What is it teaching us? And if you want to flip the paradigm, I almost want to say, instead of looking at it from, you know, okay, so actually, let me go through this. Current medical data will show onset is zero. You probably peak in four to seven days, you know, and then you probably get done with the disease in like a week or two. Mm-hmm. And then you can actually have uh, more or less like recurring symptoms. Right. 14 to 21 you know what Mm -hmm. i'm saying and then the incubation can be like again four to seven days or more more you know so but considering this timeline is normal yes you know that we we deal with every day and this is not like one-time thing (laughs) we can encounter virus today we can encounter it in our sleep tonight we can encounter it tomorrow the next week this is incessant or, this is or, or it could be on, you know, ongoing. That's exactly it could right. Be ongoing. So yeah. our body is in a constant state of incubation, if you want to call it that, counting backwards from a symptom. And, I, and I'm sure that everyone can relate, right? On an everyday level, we have encountered uh, days we kind of feel sick. Right. We kind of feel a cold quote coming mm-hmm. on. And then you might go exercise or jump in the water and all of a sudden you feel better. So, you know, this is normal. We go back and forth, you know, what you call incubation all the time, but this is part of life. So this is just a part of general metabolism. So taking it back to viruses in general, like our body wants to know about what's out there, right? Imagine, you know, we're going to time travel again. And if we're like back in the, I don't know, primitive jungle days we want to know what our environment is and i want to share that with you right right because this is like tribal communal survival we're talking about so your body is the interface you know but whether we go into the forest or the forest is coming to us our body still needs to know what environment we're putting our bodies into well, it's uh, we're we're together with the nature. We we are mm-hmm. one piece. If you look, if you were to look at it that way, right. So if you look at it from the you know the natural you know mm-hmm. um, ways that our body and our far as for the relationship with the environment mm-hmm. is uh, presenting, it's right. we are one piece, and we got we are we do need to 
interact, uh, interact with each other in a microscopic level.、Mm-hmm. So you really want to understand that small, unseen reality that's、right. taking place. Right, exactly. And, you know, because imagine this is just one curve that happened one day. What if next day your viral load is up here? You know, this would be Y of a milliliter. You know, are you going to be able to respond based on、mm, this、right. antibody? You know, and that's something that the body needs to learn over and over again. Yes. Or it might be seasonal, or it might be, I don't know, annual. Like, we, we really don't know. Right. But again, you know, I just want to encourage the fact that this is part of our normal being, and it is very much legitimized that, yes. We, can, we, we all can be asymptomatic carriers, but it also comes down to the fact that why does our body need to you know, cleanse? Or why are some people having secondary reactions to normal or what's perceived to be normal activities of your immune system?、Right. So I think more attention needs to be poured into here rather than mystifying what the virus is or what's happening. To asymptomatic carriers.、Uh-huh. You know, and this is a part that where society needs to come together and figure out what the best way is、mm-hmm. and what's an ideal solution, what's a realistic solution. That's something that people need to work out without having politically charged、uh, opinions. You know what I'm saying? Like, this affects everybody. So, the next thing I want to talk about is the, the actual testing, you know, because we talked about there's a huge blind spot. Of the PCR that you could keep testing positive even though you're not infectious. So, what does that really mean? So, before I get into that, I gotta have a quick rundown, right? Imagine this is your cell, right? You have a nucleus and you have these, all these、uh, mitochondria and different organelles, like dozens of them, right?、Uh-huh. And then your virus is basically one hundredth. The size of a cell. That's, yeah, that's a huge difference. I mean, if you look at it, like, it's very,、yeah. real visible here. Yeah. yeah. I mean, probably even smaller than this dot.、Mm-hmm. You know, it's really, really quite small, right? So, so this virus, you know, is, is everything that we see on the news every day that, that's in a, a CG format.、Mm. You know, this is the virus with the crown and blah, blah, blah. And this is the actual bits and pieces of you know, RNA that you're testing for, right? So when you test for the, with a PCR technique, you know, you're, you're taking a cell that has millions of already proteins and organelles and enzymes and all sorts of activity going on. You're taking like these tiny virus particles. And then you're looking for the inside of that,、uh-huh. right? So, what, what happens in these like test tubes is that, you know, what you call lysing, you need to dissolve all of that, including the lipid membrane. And then, you know, within the RNA, you're checking for one piece, two piece, you know. You know, you're checking if two pieces of the same virus exist. So you're li- looking for the viral matches, right?、Mm-hmm, and then、right. you use this technique called polymerase chain reaction where you're doubling each time, where you cycle up all the way to 40, that will reach trillions,、mm-hmm. you know? And then sometimes you check for the human, you know, RNAs, 
RNA's enzyme to make sure that it comes from a human cell. Right. So, you know, so this is just the technology. So all PCR is doing, right, is just, it's an RNA test. It is not a virus test in terms of is it a whole virus. It is not checking for that. Mm -hmm. The only way you will know if it's a whole virus or not is if you take the same sample, right, don't put it in the PCR, and then you would just put it in a you know cell line. Mm -hmm. You know, usually these are right. kidney cells or you know monkey cells or HeLa cells or what have you. You want to infect the virus with a cell line, and if it does propagate or you know multi multiply, you take it back to the PCR, and that's the only way you know the virus was still intact. Right, that's it's called isolation. You know, that is the only technique that you can do with a virus because it's so tiny. Then you make sure it multiplies. Okay. So you know, again, PCR is just RNA test, and unless you do this, you're only testing for plus or minus. Right. Right. And also, what is important is that the PCR test is designed to protect society. Right, so it's already way biased, so that you don't produce false negatives, what they call right. So even if you have an infection, you don't want it to give any type of negative result. Right. So it's already geared towards amplifying any sort of remnant of a fragment of a RNA or a full-blown uh, infection. It's all grouped together. Is my point. Right. I'm not. Challenging the validity of any type of no, test. I see, I see your point. Yeah, right. but based on a lot of news, you know, we already know that the sensitivity is very different. Even though it's highly sensitive in a way that it's going to be duplicated, there are a lot of things that can be too sensitive, right? Because, because like I said, you know, w within a PCR, you know, you basically have a curve like this and it plateaus, right? So, and then, you know, based on... The load that you begin with, you're going to have different curves. But more or less, like, you know, people who do get sick, sick it's, it's, on the, it's in the order of like 10 to the 6, which is about a million, mm -hmm. you know. But people who kind of like have like maybe like 10 to 100, it's, you're still going to test positive up here by the time you cycle up to 40. You know, so what, I, what I'm saying, my point is, there's still like, 10,000 to a million order of difference that are going to be grouped together. People who have slight show or people who have a full-blown infection. Okay. You know? And mind you, people who get like exponentially sick, they, you know, this goes up to 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, which means they can have up to, you know, trillions. It actually goes up and up and up and up because now the infection is like spread to your entire lung. I see. You know? So, but this concept is kind of important is that you got to remember, you can have a little bit of trace RNA or you can have a full-blown infection. I you're see. still going to be grouped together so as a positive test. When you're saying a little bit of a trace of um, RNA, yeah. are you like referring to a particles of yeah. the RNA? Is that yeah, so it could have long been dissolved. It could have been an inactivated membrane or it could have already been, you know, it, it could have been out of the membrane 
And this this could be fragments. I see. Then fragments is, you know, I, I guess you can consider it non-positive. Well, it's just a fragment. So imagine, it, it's, imagine it's the lipid is a mm. tortilla, and then the inside of the viruses is like these tomatoes, and you know, like you you found a bit of tomato on the floor. Can you say it's a whole taco or burrito? No, no right? No, no, no. That's very important point. Yeah, but yeah. the body needs the membrane to enter enter your cell. I see. You know, and and so if, so much in fact that one time I asked a scientist on Quora, that's my new favorite website. Uh, one scientist told me that his colleague found a SARS particle at a hotel in China. I think it was Shanghai, like months after the outbreak, on a carpet <laughs> that it actually tested positive for the PCR. You know, but it sure didn't test for this test. It tested for positive for uh, this yes, test. Yes, yes, yes. You know, because you're still gonna right. amplify it, and it's just kind of amazing that RNA particles can't last that long. Even if it's on a fragment, like you know, you found a shriveled tomato on the floor. Well, I'm sure it'll, it'll hang around there for stick around for a long <laughs> yeah. time. If you don't vacuum it, if it's going to stay it. there. It's going to have some mold grow on it. But that's how the body is, isn't it? Exactly. So it's... your body is constantly creating solvents, right? Right. And then a lot of times we've also found out that uh, coronaviruses cells like to bunch together. You know, kind of create like a super virus factory. Right. You know, so so the the, the work is really cut out for your immune system mm -hmm. to react to them, mm -hmm. while producing all these, you know, cytokines and then a host of other defense mechanisms that we talked about, alarmins and the, you know, all of the other universe of superstars of teams. It's just that whenever this happens, you know, it's almost like what could have been a routine. Checkup, it turned into a full blown nine one one call, FBI, FEMA knocking <laughs> down on every single cell, and eventually setting fire to the whole neighborhood. And yeah. now it's all blocked off. Yeah, that's a yeah another way of looking at it. Yes, I, right. I, I could visualize that. Right. Yeah, because, and then we all we're also finding the reason that those uh, cells were on alert was the fact that you already have other conditions that. Whether you have heart disease or blood disease, I mean, or you know, any type of underlying situations, what do you think about that? Well, I'm sure it's going to affect it. You, I mean, no way you could say it doesn't affect the, right. you know, the sprout out or how how that you know the onset is going to show. Right. Everything is you know depending on the bottom line health condition. You know, yeah. far as for any any sprout out. Right. So, can you talk more about the blood, especially? Especially uh, for far as for the blood, um, it's very important to keep the blood, I guess you call it running clean, mm -hmm. or to keep your blood quality in optimal. Mm -hmm. That means keep your blood, um, like the plasma, you know, the fluid around mm -hmm. the blood, that's what's mm -hmm. making the blood cell floating. Mm -hmm. You want to keep it clean, you mm -hmm. know. So it's not sure as it's viscous, not, right? It's, it's not, not clogged yeah, up. Yeah, it's not clogged up. It's not bundled up. And right. So it's circulating, right? Right. And at the same time, you want to get that blood cell, you know, the, you know, the, the red blood cell mm -hmm. quality mm -hmm. to be optimal too. Right. So it doesn't have so many toxins. No. And yeah, because they, they could be... Uh, kind of contaminated right when, when you well have a lot of, yeah i guess yeah. if you want to use the term contaminated yeah i could translate it that yeah. way too but you could have the poor you know quality blood right that's going to definitely mm -hmm. affect the entire exactly. beingness of your 
whole thing, you know, right. whole, whole body. Most times we're just caught up in superficial blood pressure or that's very you know, superficial. Yeah, yeah, I mean it's one marker. Yeah, it's it very is important, important. Important marker. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But what's causing the high blood pressure is more yes. or less the root that we right. Want to that's get to. exactly where you really want to start focusing on why is it why is it that it's causing the blood pressure right. problem or thyroid problem or anything beyond right. the, you know the uh, symptoms. Right. So you know I want to I don't want to keep this presentation going forever, but one thing that I want to talk about is so knowing all of this, you know what can we do. You know what I mean? And then one one small example. Okay, I want to preface that preface this by saying that so much of the what's going on in the media is basically focusing on the science of disease, right? How can we focus more on the science of health? And in all honesty, like the less we have to depend on the medical system, those resources can be given towards people who need them. Or in emergency situations such as this, so it all makes sense to me to do that. And again, you know, I'm not denying medicinal science. We all need surgeries sometimes. We all need checkups. Anatomy is a wonderful thing to learn about. So we all can help each other. Yes. Right. So that said, what one example that we have studied a lot is the effect of vitamin D. You know, and of course, all vitamins are important. Obviously, all essential nutrients are important, but especially vitamin D. You know, like for example, it is produced、um, in conjunction with the sun, right? Exactly. Right. So the sunlight is is kind of like photosynthesis for your body. It is.、Right? It is in a way, yeah, photosynthesis. I、yes. mean, we can talk about that forever because、yeah. even the way our mitochondria produces energy, it basically borrowed that mechanism from plants. Right, even though the oxygen, the carbon dioxide paradigm is flipped, it's still the same idea, right? So we still need the sun to survive, and <laughs> one of the chemical mechanism that support the fact is that sun produces what we call vitamin D. This molecule, right, is not a, is not necessarily a nutrient, but they're messengers that go in between the cells. And in this particular instance, we learn that the vitamin D, right. Produced by again the sun and then your skin, right? Will interact, you know, with our immune system, all these host of other cells, and produce AMPs or antimicrobial peptides. These are basically chains of molecules, right? Right. And catholicidin and all, yeah, yeah. and and defensins and all these different names that we assign to, but essentially they're all from the same cell,、exactly. all from the same body. Yes. Right. But these AMPs. Have direct antimicrobial effects to bacteria and viruses in that they will actually interact with the lipids to dissolve them, rendering them in infectious. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. So maybe this part, you know, the way the inf- infectivity goes down, you know, and and they're checked by this method too, right? Right. They make sure that how effective it is. Right, these are really well-defined studies.、Oh, Infectivity、yeah. does go down after、oh, yeah. a while. All these samples, but the presence remains high. So maybe it is the fact, right? So let me write this stuff down. Sunlight, vitamin D, AMPs, right? And and this reacts to the virus.、Mm-hmm. 
Even if someone says sunlight is good for you, you need to take a walk. You know, for engineering <laughs>、right. brains, like、It、if somebody taught me,、no. or you know, we hear up to here, vitamin D is good for you, so go get some sun. But this piece of critical information, even if it's just in concept, hey, vitamin D produces antimicrobial peptides, and it directly is proven to work with viruses. That's right. Come on, man! Like、yeah. we need to know about this. Yes. So how could People in the media and say, "Oh yeah, get exercise and eat fresh herbs," but that's not going to do anything <laughs> to the virus. That is a big lie, right? You know, I'm sorry, that is a big lie. And if you know about it and you're not talking about it, I don't know, man. You know, you should you can't put too much stock in that because this is like essential along、Very、with essential, proper diet, right. right? And we've talked about the、um, here. We've talked about the importance of Maintaining your immune system, and this is from last time, right? Last time, last episode, that it is a constant cycle, right? That we actually adapt and acquire, but it's more like, you know, you want to learn. Your body wants to learn every every single day, right? So this is a self perpetuating cycle that we have to go through every single day over millions of years. Whether it's through organic means or synthetic means, or people want to create certain antibodies artificially, that's on them in a way. But this should still be the emphasis, and we, by and large, we can do it. We have done it, and we can do it. So that should be the core of our message. I think so, and it's very important to get the best mm-hmm. situation mm-hmm. for your body to learn, learn yeah, about. Per- per- Okay, so this is another graph、right. from last time, right? When we're constantly talking about us being in this low immune level discussion, our body is game <laughs>、right. to any kind of bad scenario. Exactly. You know, and I I just feel so disappointed by the fact that the bar、mm. set for us in modern day society is so low, is that as long as you don't die, everything is okay. You know that、right. that shouldn't be no, our way no. of thinking. No, it should not be. <laughs> our bar is so low; it's crazy. <laughs> it, you know, it should be it should be here. Right. We, we should right. strive to be from、That's、moderate、right. to optimum. But you know, the media wants to, wants us to stay down here. You know, they don't want to necessarily encourage for us to get no, out no, no. of here and get into the moderate. You know, we should be encouraging each other every day. You、right. know, so therefore, based on this idea, you know, like. You know, protecting each other and a loved one is not about avoiding exposure to the virus. That's almost like unrealistic. It's almost the fact that as long as we can curve this down naturally, and you get the added bonus that you're stronger because of that. You know, if you're shielded from any type of exposure, you will never gain the natural immunity,、mm-hmm. and then in turn you will always be dependent upon creating it artificially. Right, right, and even then, that is not guaranteed that it'll work forever because the virus can mutate at any given time. Oh, oh yeah, right. It, so it, theoretically, keep doing it.、Right. theoretically, you always have to create a virus. I'm sorry, that was a slip of the tongue. You got to create a vaccine,、mm-hmm. and <laughs> you got to create it every single year, and you got to take it perpetually to simulate a natural reaction. Exactly. So how 
natural is simulating a natural reaction is never natural it's always artificial it's gonna it's a never it's gonna be a never-ending issue that's right it's like doing. a cat and mouse right, right? even bacteria know how to avoid antibiotics they grow out of it right, <laughs> right. so it's almost like you're teaching viruses to mutate if you keep you know avoiding mm -hmm. or uh, delegating you know creating a natural uh, antibody for that Right. Yeah. So of course, again, I'm not denying any sort of uh, human in intervention, but I'm saying the primary focus should be here, and the primary education should be here. Yeah. Right? Uh, you know, vitamin D being just one of it. There must oh, be a yeah. hundred other things you yeah, have to be doing. Yeah, vitamin A through K. You know what I mean? Uh huh. And even vitamin D. Oh, by the way, the only way you can get good source of vitamin D through food is fish, like salmon. Or some, you know, fish oil. And if you don't do fish, you can eat a lot of mushrooms, and like shiitake and many fun fungi. Right, and I think it's about knowing you could um, keep your um, natural immune system strong, mm -hmm. and then to know that the natural immune system mm -hmm. can sort of create the acquired mm -hmm. what's what seems like acquired immune right. too. Right. You know, by learning mm -hmm. this whole thing, so you want to create the foundation for the body to learn, mm -hmm. be able to be able to learn, right? So that you know, being one is vitamin D, mm -hmm. proper eating, mm -hmm. a lot of times just by earthing, you know, grounding right. yourself to so the. Can you talk earth. about that? Because one person commented about they took the time to look up your profile mm -hmm. and they thought earthing was bogus. Oh really? <laughs> <laughs> they did, or he did. So I want, and I did explain the gist of it. But mm -hmm. if you could explain that real quick. Okay, earthing is about um, you know being touched with the earth. Mm -hmm. So when your 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 body is in touch with earth, you're actually draining out the static electricity away. Right. So literally, your barefoot. Yeah, through your barefoot into yeah. the ground because right. it has a zero voltage down there in, right. in the earth, and at the same time, you're picking up the Natural, mm -hmm. you know, the the free flowing mm -hmm. uh, electron right. into the body. Right. So it's a two way cycle. Right. Uh, it is a you know it is a way to fulfill your vital mm -hmm. electrical mm -hmm. current mm -hmm. that you have in the body. Mm -hmm. That's what's making the heart pump. Mm -hmm. Right. That's what's uh, running in between your teeth. Right. And that's what's creating all your teeth even. Oh yeah, garbani. Yeah. You know, electron yeah. is going through, right? right. And all, all the um, chemical reaction, mm -hmm. too, if you look at it, in the, what is the chemical reaction? Mm -hmm. If you look at it in a deep enough, you mm -hmm. understand this has a lot to do with the ionization. Right, you definitely. Can, you can't create any chemical reaction if there's no electricity. Right. right. So um, this is a most fundamental mm -hmm. aspect of our bodies, right. uh, you know. Right, so those that don't know, all electrical systems have a grounding in place to avoid you know excess uh electricity coming onto your circuit and damage all your instruments blah 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 right so it is not a novel concept if anything electricity is mimicking our natural that's exactly natural right. body uh capability of grounding um because we are connected to the earth we should be connected to the yeah. earth in, in normal you know circumstances yeah, right so, now we are not right so in, right. in real uh Everyday terms, you recommend people working bare, walking barefoot. 
Yeah, those are you know, one of the very not every day, but like right. maybe ten minutes a day. Well, or, I I basically recommend my patients to do that. You mm-hmm. know, twenty to thirty minutes every day. Okay, uh, it's really you know rendering a very good result. Right. Yeah. Great. So I mean, that's one yeah. of the things, man. You know, I don't uh, do it every day. I should, but that makes sense when it's explained to me in terms that I understand. Maybe we do have a lot of static electricity built up inside us. Um, you know, because we live in a very uh, electromagnetic magnetic environment, yeah, that probably too. million times more than what our ancestors were living in. Right, right? and at the same time, we're eating habit uh, creates our body fluid to become a little bit acidity, right. you know, acidic. and acidic, and then right. uh, you know, you're again, you're you're not you're insulated from right. the ground with that rubber right. sole on the shoes, right. uh, many things. You so know, yeah, that's, that's that's a whole other science that we've been looking into. Right. Your whether your pH level, right, power of hydrogen, whether it's acidic or basic, right, and a, a lot of these interactions are uh, pH dependent. Oh yes, they say obviously, yeah, right. chemically, you know. Right. I mean, from one way, yeah, yeah it's a yeah. very easy to understand. Yeah. So method. To look so at. there are many, you know, quick fixes to certain yeah. situations. Whether you want to take supplements or eat food, or but again, you know, in order to raise your constitution of your blood and body metabolism this is a long habitual thing you have to cultivate a foundation strong foundation yeah right i think so this type of discussion whether we go back to normalcy or not or whether we encounter something like this in the near future this is a long long uphill battle and that's guaranteed because right now people are still worried about asymptomatic cares. They think it's going to be a massive casualty situation. They still don't know what's going on up here. And that's very important, right? But there's a lot of battles happening here too. Like what is the proper diagnosis, treatment, et cetera, et cetera. And people are introducing all types of drugs, you know, therapeutics, blah, blah, blah. And there's this whole area of here of vaccines. There are multiple situations going on. But we kind of need to educate ourselves organically and be confident in that approach. You know, don't let your power be taken away that you can learn. And don't delegate education to institutionalized uh, school of thought. Because I'm not saying that is wrong, but it's not necessarily correct all the time. It does not reflect your cell biology, you know. Because we would be naive to think that those institutions are not um, in any way influenced by uh, the idea of profit or you know, corporate influences, we're, you know, we'll be far too naive to think that. So we have to kind of empower ourselves um, in that fundamental way. Any last words? Well, all I can say is, why don't we work on getting the power back into our own hands Mm -hmm. by recognizing that natural, you know, immunity Mm -hmm. and understand that our body can, you know, heal on its own right and make sure we put that on the bottom of everything mm-hmm. right then you start thinking about the exactly. next things we're not here to talk about or deny anything right just to we're not putting things you know in perspective right in, in perspective is what we're trying to do here right so um if you if you can cover that part I, i'm mm-hmm. very happy today to yeah definitely so yeah. I, I encourage people to do their own research and any questions um that you may have will be willing to answer So on that note, you know, again, all the respect out to people who are uh, helping 
others、uh, through this situation and respect everybody who are treating patients and helping them. And people with families that are in isolation and, and all of that, you know, we all, all need the help that we can get,、um, not just information wise, but mentally, physically. So, yeah, just stay positive and be strong and be confident in our approach. All good? All good. Okay, so probably see you next time. Peace out. <laughs>